Here I am in Leeds, England. There's no freaking light in here. That's it. You know what? There's something about hotels. I have a, I have a uh, grievance. I feel like hotel lighting is always dim and moody in the worst way. It's like, give me a little bit of light. I, mean, I appreciate mood and ambiance. Believe me, I'm the first guy that, that can get into that. But when it comes time to do something utilitarian like cooking or, or looking for fucking a sock that you lost or some shit, give me some fucking light. Christ, you know what I mean? Okay, these eggs are gonna, we're gonna let them stand for nine minutes. If you know about the perfect hard-boiled egg, that's the deal. Uh, if it's nice, free-range, pastured chicken egg, it's gonna give you that nice, uh, orange, fresh yolk. For me, everything is always like, alright, we'll just do it this once and hopefully at some point be able to do it right. The, the life of temp temporary, you know, uh, uh, everything is constantly temporary. But there's there there is the feeling that at some point there'll be a settledness. You know, I I, I do have a house now, and I, I am fairly settled in there, and it's looking nice, and it's feeling good. Um, finally, starting to sort of have people over there now and again. I had my barbecue for my birthday last week. I grill mastered. The grill is my calling. I. I you know, I, I'm into simple cooking and simple foods, just to throw a slab of meat on there and, you know, let it go. And it to be delicious is just a real blessing for me. I'm gonna turn all this heat off and get these mushrooms off of here. Mmm, that's delicious. You only gotta do much to portobello, man. Portobellos just have a good, real good meaty flavor. Am I supposed to do the the dishes in the in the hotel apartment, or do I leave it for the maid? Uh, you know, as often as I stay in hotels and travel, I'm a bit maid concerned. That said, you know, I, I do allow them to do their job, and I don't necessarily go over clean for myself, and especially you know clean in the wrong way where they think something hasn't been used, but it has, and they don't properly disinfect. You know, you don't want to do that for the next visitor to the hotel. I consider that. I'm gonna go ahead and cut these up. Now, on on his way over here right now is a man, kind of a man of mystery, a man of myth, Chris Adams, who, if you don't know, was or is in a band called Hood. Dave Matson, who I I sort of started my career out with him and Adam Drucker, you know. I think he just found a record randomly at Everybody's Records in Cincinnati and then hit me to the shit. Uh, and I loved it, and it was, you know, just sort of one of our main influences, I would say, uh, doing, like, the early, like, the Cloud Dead stuff, that, and, I don't know, Buck 65, it's, it, my early sort of little guitar picking styles, I would really sort of emulate that unlearned, slightly out of tune thing that, that Chris was doing, not that I had a choice whether my stuff was slightly out of tune or not, um, very real, very real dude, and has a lot of like honor and ethics or whatever without being at all preachy or feeling like he's holier than thou or anything like that but he like always has maintained that punk rock ethic they're never like they never were like too sort of gaudy with the press or like all up in your fucking 
ask about who, what band they are, which is in a way, and I'm going to ask him about this, maybe why they didn't break out, you know, but um, maybe they didn't want to exactly. Let's get into this and see what this motherfucker thought about. The ground is still from the rain. Yes. <laughs> That's my work of the last five years on there. Really? So, yeah, so... Can I have this thing? You can have it. I thought, okay. Because I, I don't have a computer with me. Okay. Yeah. I thought I'd share it with you like our ancestors oh. used to share music and like oh memory stick. Right. Oh, <laughs> I can actually... <laughs> Oral tradition and all that. I could... Um, this, is what, this is what you give to yeah, Sean? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not to memory stick specifically. No, but. no, no. But a link, to, a link to it. So... Good. You know, it's every range of emotions on there, you know. Good, of course. Of course, mostly sadness. But yeah, mostly sadness, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like one happy song and 14 tracks of suicidal Yes. Can despair. I offer you a beverage of water? Uh, yes, please. Yeah, okay, please. Uh, so you haven't even had time to put all your books on the shelves or anything. Not you? yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there as time goes by. Um, how, how is life, man? It's good. It's good. Yeah, really good. I've been... Um, you know, doing bits of music here and there. Yeah. And uh, it's not the intensity as it used to be, as, as I'm sure you know. What, what are you doing for a job, for work? Uh, I, I work... Um, who's going to hear this? Your boss. <laughs> I work at a university. Okay. Doing an unspecified role in, in education. Pedo. Um, <laughs> no, no, no! All my students are over eighteen. Good. Yeah. This this sounds <laughs> mysterious. What? What? Uh, what? You gotta give me a little. Well, more I, I, if if this is on on the record, obviously that you know that ruins the whole. Kind you can of, tell me later. It ruins the whole shtick. Yeah, everyone wants. Basically, you want to hear that. Like, I was in hood for years and years and years, and then like. I live on this in this house, like kind of on a hill, right. with loads of reel-to-reel tape machines just tinkering, right. and I've somewhere in the background I've got this work of absolute genius that only I've ever heard, and that's right. yeah, that's 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 where an artist should always be. Other than that, you might do a little bit of light farming. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort yeah. of, yeah, making my own food and, right. and all that, and raising right. kids and you know all of that. But I work at a university. I'm not a porter, I'm not a cleaner. Okay. Like, it's quite a dignified job. Okay, okay, a dignified job at a university yeah. in yeah. Leeds. Could be. No, not in Leeds. Not, not in Leeds. Leeds. Not in Leeds, yeah. Okay, well, they'll find you. So. I've got a 12 mile commute, so that's. If there, that's a real. You didn't have to give that hint. <laughs> Get on Google Maps, people. Yeah. 12 miles. Radius. Once I met you, I was like, oh, he's just like me. Just a normal but, guy. But, 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 but before I met you, there was that serious air of mystery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you guys, 
Boards of Canada also yeah. had that MF Doom. Yeah. You know, there's like these people that are just like, who the fuck? And yeah. then remember that documentary we saw about Django or whatever? Jandak. Jandak, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah anyway, yeah. there was a similar kind of thing yeah, where yeah, it was yeah. just like, who the fuck are these yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. They must be some sort of aliens. Like, mm-hmm, who, who mm-hmm. could these people possibly. They can't be just normal people either just struggling by on a part-time job just trying to make a bit of music <laughs> it can't be that way they have to be special right but, um, right yeah but I think I don't think you can do that in the uh, in the age of the internet though right. I don't think it's as easy because if you do one single gig yeah. and one single bit of camera footage right it's like the last people I kind of thought were a bit like that were these guys called Rain okay and they were kind of making really unusually kind of dark industrial music and I couldn't pitch their age I couldn't yeah. pitch what their background was or anything and then sure enough you see some camera footage of the two of them just sitting looking into a laptop screen you yeah. know, in, a, in a pub in London just you know DJing and oh, just, it ruins just it normal guys the last band that ever really properly did it was Soviet France I don't know if you ever know those guys uh-huh. they, they were basically my sort of primary influence in making music and they okay. just um, if you look them up now, it's still kind of hard to find. Soviet France? So, yeah, so, okay. but it was actually with the Zed, and basically they used Soviet to. France. Okay. They used to sort of issue these albums, like you know, between two slabs of like granite, and like albums in like Hessian sleeves, and albums, crazy handmade things, and it just sounded like basically kind of like you know unusual rhythmical instruments just recorded really badly on tape loops so it sounded like totally otherworldly you know yeah, what I mean yeah. and, they man- and they never ever there's never a photo of them it's always just this horribly blurred photo of them and it's like wow they are surely some sort of warp geniuses that right. have some probably have crazy sex lives as well they have everything <laughs> they have it all <laughs> I miss that I miss that thing like you, you don't have that anymore you're you right with it, the internet yeah. it's like you know, and, and when when people try to do that, yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. It, it just is like you know, it's like oh, we're gonna wear masks or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. oh, all right, all right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I there there was like that thing about tape collecting, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. just around when when we started listening to you guys, we also were listening to all our underground rap tapes. Yeah, you know, yeah. and there was that mystery to that too. Where it's like you know, like there's all the layers of hiss. You can barely make this. I mean, like yeah. oh my god, like exactly what is it? But yeah. But now we know that all these people are just working in unspecified right. universities. Well, now we're old and jaded. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. When you're 19, yeah, you yeah. know, you think like that a 30 year old could be. You know, I didn't know how you guys were our age. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, I, yeah. you know, I, you know, I assumed you guys were adults. Well, this is what happens when you start putting records out when you're 14, though, doesn't it? That's <laughs> true. That's exactly right. How did that start? You said you mentioned Soviet France as one of your influences, but what, like, yeah. why did you start recording back then, or how did you know about? Well, recording? I, I just walked into my brother's bedroom. You know, that was basically it. You know, and uh, it was the closest room, so I went into that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. We were kind of pretty obsessed about music as kids. And, uh, but why? Like, because Richard's only a couple years older than you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say because of um, small town boredom. My dad being a big record collector, I wasn't really exposed to like films or art or anything like that. It was just kind of music. So I guess when you get to a certain age, you know, my brother's a few years older than me, so I'm 14, he's 16, 17. We're just kind of messing about, you know, we just get a guitar between us, which we shared, and because I'm left-handed and he's right-handed, we had to sort of keep restringing it the other way. Right. And, uh, which is, you know, and I think that's part of the reason why all the guitar sounds are pretty fucked up and crazy, because 
we were like detuning the guitar to try and make it so we could both play it and, and all sorts of things like that. So, I mean, me and my brother decided that we were going to record one seminal single. That was our plan. One seminal single. Now, that's a kind of a short career when you're 14 years old, you know what I mean? But how did you know, like, you were already, like, in, in, into, like, listening to music. You were in, yeah, you yeah. in a scene, like, did you have, were there other kids other than you and Richard, like, listening to, like, what, punk rock? Like, what were you, you know? Well, to be honest with you... What were your dad's records, you know? I guess anything from... REM going anywhere to sort of husker do. Right. Um, so your dad like, was into some. Oh yeah, no, my dad was into shit. some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. like sort of. Um, I mean, he still is. Um, so like, we were kind of exposed to that, and then there was a sort of kind of crazy guy called Stuart who lived down the road, and and he kind of really kind of developed really early as well. And he was like, at my brother's age, and he was kind of this kind of legend around school because he like. He would put kind of gigs on in the school and stuff like that, and he uh, he kind of took us under his wing a little bit, really. And I was a bit in awe of him. And uh, he was in a band called Boy Racer, and then we sort of created like a little. This is Stuart of, that did five five five. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. So yeah. like that, like all the way back then. Yeah. He seemed to have a pretty uh, confident approach to just basically like making tapes, making compilations, sending demos out to people. So there was a little. I think he was very responsible for making us kind of make records, really, because we sort of saw him doing it. He started recording. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and he got four, he got a four-track before us as well. So got that it. Was, we were kind of in awe of that. So we'd go and kind of mess about with his four-track a bit, and then, you know... I have to get one of these. Yeah, yeah, I have to get one of these. Like, yeah. four whole tracks of uh, low-fidelity audio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but fuck. I mean, same here. It was like... When I got a four track, it was it was a it yeah, was a yeah. revelation. Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Just the the idea of layering, you know, like yeah. even if it was only four. Things, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember like just losing my mind when I realized like singing over yourself. Yes, that was just like unbelievable because yes. I was listening to like some of the early sort of Sabado stuff and the Century Do stuff. That was really. A lot of those sort of tape. I like that Centrado stuff. Yeah. The more mellow stuff. That was Domino, wasn't it? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I remember picking up some of their tapes and being really surprised at how they were getting vocals to sound like that. And then it's like, okay, they're they're doubling them up. Yeah. Which which is quite something. And again, you know, sounding like an old granddad, it's like, it's amazing when I kind of, when I knock around with people who are like just getting into music and making music now. You know, the instinctive thing is to buy a top end kind of laptop and, and you know, have a, a whole world of sound in there. And it's right. Because, like, you know, you borrow like a drum machine or somebody and that would be the track with the drum machine on and you'd rinse every single sound out of that. And it's like, right. it's like my friend Andrew um, Craig, uh, Andrew and Craig who do the remote viewer and they do, they do a few things on 555. And like, there's a certain drum machine and it's like, he just do anything with it, you know, just yeah. one, like knowing one little piece of equipment like, right. just so well. Especially if you have an effects pedal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember um, talking to a guy who said that, you know, Square Pusher, all that early stuff that still really sounds like amazing, he was just sequencing on a drum machine and when he ran out of steps on the drum machine, that was just the end of the song. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah, like, yeah. Even though it's like, God, it could really do with another sort of end section. It's like, it would just run out of steps and then he didn't have any way of backing it up. So if he'd done all that programming and just like, for some reason, he just wiped his little He had thing. to put it on tape. Yeah, that was just, it. Yeah, put it on tape or whatever. And there's some really good footage of him actually. He's out recording onto a little, like, uh, reel-to-reel. Yeah. And he's really impressing it, the, the person interviewing by speeding up and slowing it down. You know, right. it's like, that was like cutting edge. Pitch shifting is it was also a revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the fact that you could 
you could pitch it up and record your drums and mm. they sounded all deep and yeah, yeah, you yeah. turn it back down or the opposite. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or you could actually, for me, someone that's a shitty musician, yeah. I could turn it down, pitch it all the way down yeah, yeah. and play my guitar part yeah, yeah. real slow and then yeah. pitch up, you know. Yeah. That, that's a whole new way. And funny enough, doing that on the computer just doesn't seem to quite cut it. I don't know what it is no. about it. Like, cause I've done that, you know, with all this very speed stuff now and you yeah. sort of think, right, okay, well, I'll layer something over the top and it doesn't quite have that same kind of fat effect that... No, it doesn't. Say. It doesn't have that physical thing, yeah. But, yeah. Here we are bitching about fucking straight digital. Straight in, there's nothing. Straight people, in going into the analog digital hate more. It's like, when you hear people get to a certain age and suddenly everything that they experience for the first time is just the ultimate best thing. Yeah. And there's no way that anyone who's 17 is going to go back and reminisce about early Ableton. Right. Well, of course they <laughs> right. are. They are. They will, they, they will. Well, and you know what... <laughs> that shit's cool you got it I mean yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, used yeah. Ableton but I, I'm sure you have probably. yeah 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 I and, love it I think it's great and yeah come on that shit's pretty neat and, yeah, yeah. and those kids are talented and yeah, they're doing yeah, yeah. and they're so quick yeah 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 great more power to no I, 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 I say you know it's the more technology is available to people I think you know it's that idea of like rinsing it out and there's a bit of a there's a bit of a fatigue with like so much stuff available to you especially with I guess one of the things is being able to get like loads of software for free. Not that I do it, of course. Like right. because then you like you, you might want you might just get one compressor and you might save up for one compressor. And you might save up for one compressor plugin and get used to using it. Right. But then actually, somebody emails you a link and says, "Yo, you know these all these wave ones are here and all these ones are here." And it's like then you spend a day just demoing compressors and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you know, yeah. is that what I do? You know, right, so right. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I, I have yet to, uh, to, sorry, that's not flatulations. Mm-hmm. That's real You're leather. Like, that's Corinthian oh, leather. leather. Yeah, you can tell it's, it's a tough life being on the road. I know. I know. Lay back on a leather sofa. <laughs> um, it's true. But uh, what was I just saying? Well, about technology. Yeah, I, I, plugins. I've never yeah. had plugins that I like, ever. But okay. you know what? You get used to what you get used to. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think I have the best sound on Pro Tools because of the fact that I don't have good plugins and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's okay. I'll get on my Tascam 8-track and yeah, yeah. sit on there and then put yeah, that in. Yeah. You know. I, think, I think for me, like, because of the, my sort of... The way I really only have the opportunity to dip in and out of music on certain occasions, either during the week or the month or even the year, the benefit for me is I can kind of save something... Because I used to have to leave my four track. I right. had to leave my four track as it was, and I'd be desperate to record a new song. I'd be like, "No, I've got to leave the settings like that because I haven't kind of finished mixing this." Right, thing. right. And you know, and then I suppose with computers, you can go right. Okay, do you know what? Actually, you know, I can save where I am because I'm getting stuck. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love computers. computers. I yeah, think yeah. it's it's it opened up a whole new set of possibilities, mm. you know. But you do have to learn how to rein it in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Enough about this nerd shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What about so. The you start messing around when you're 14. Yep. W- were you and Richard doing stuff together? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's why we sort of... It's like the hood are kind of like the fall, but was kind of two of us in a way, because like, we're not just like one Marky Smith just continually kicking people out of the band. It was kind of like... We kind of have the instinctive brotherly idea, and I'm sure you, you guys get yeah. that as well, where there's just... I guess there's, there's a strange, unspoken kind of connection where you just think, right, I, I kind of know... I, well, I think I can second-guess what you're going to like, and I think... Right. And, and actually... You know, never rest on those laurels because you actually do find that suddenly you might. I, I used to do things that I actually thought, you know, my brother would just dislike, you know, and it would be completely out of the box from 
what we were meant to be doing as hood right. and he'd be like well, let's do that that's the best idea you yeah. know? and he always really surprised me yeah. you know like really really open to sort of new ideas yeah. like, I remember Dave was saying about um, when he got Silent 88 and it had like 28 tracks on it and then the follow up album has 6 tracks on it and he was just like this can't be the same band and that was like <laughs> me and my brother sort of conspired to do that we were just like and I thought as we were doing these kind of long form kind of songs that there would be one of us would put the brakes on that and say like we can't do that because you know everybody that listens to these little little tiny punk rock vignettes that was just like on Silent 88 yeah. it's just going to be like why are these guys leaving five minutes of nothing happening you know well, what I mean was that a purposeful choice though like you, you were going to Domino right then because this is the first Domino one yeah right? yeah but the signing of Domino didn't quite happen like that because we'd actually re- initially recorded that album for Planet okay so okay so so it wasn't like Domino heard Silent 88 and there we want that and then you gave them well if, six, if we had if we had given that them that that would almost be the kind of the way a band tries to get out of a contract you know for the fifth album right, right. <laughs> they, just deliver, they just deliver a drone for the fifth right, album right 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 um, now what happened was basically um, Richard King who incidentally has written a really good book recently called How Soon Is Now which I recommend you pick up okay uh, I'm right there in yeah my phone you right get now. that written down it's just a really good like exploration of basically Mavericks of the music industry including like Lawrence from Domino yeah um, really good anecdotal like talks I mean there's a very well worn and well discussed kind of discussion about Factory you know but it's always worth a read again but basically Richard King was like one of these kind of guys who you know I'd sort of talk I'd almost talk about him as a, as a sort of mini kind of Tony Wilson in a way I probably hate me saying that but he, who's, who's Tony Wilson? Tony Wilson from Factory Records okay okay so basically what he did was like Richard kind of like started a record label, he put out all the Flying Saucer Attack records, he put okay. out all the Third Eye Foundation records. So we were like, we were in our element because we kind of got signed to Planet and suddenly, you know, talking about the whole kind of every musician in the world is a mysterious genius, like we were kind of living that for a bit because when we went down to Bristol, like hanging out with Movie Tone and hanging out with Third Eye Foundation and hanging around with Crescent and all these really cool hip, you know, Bristol types. Yeah. He kind of put his money where his mouth was and kind of said, right, well, I'll, I'll buy a week of studio time for you and just go and record an album. And that was like unheard of. Was he, he was Bristol too? Yeah, he was okay. in Bristol okay. as well. So he just bought us a week of studio time and he was like, right. And again, this is something I feel like might be a bit lost, the kind of idea of like bands going into a studio, maybe with kind of half patched up ideas yeah. and kind of going in and maybe letting the kind of, the environment kind of take over a little bit. And, yeah. and we used to feel like working in... Um, in, in Richard Formby's studio, which is where we record all the subsequent work records, where you were kind of going to like a dusty studio and you felt there was a history there and it felt like it wasn't just you and a screen or whatever, or even yeah. in a practice room. It's like those producers impart knowledge to you, you know, and that was something I wasn't used to because we were just trying to make records, you know, on four tracks and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, Matt ended up sort of producing that record, Matt Elliott from Third Eye Foundation. Who, so who's he, Richard Formby? Richard Formby was in Spectrum, okay, famously, okay. Um, and he runs a studio in Leeds okay. um, called Hall Place, and most recently he's produced, actually, um, Wild Beasts. He's done the Wild Beast stuff for Domino, um, and oh, I'm going to forget what else he's done but he's one of those kind of characters yeah. who's just like you know he is one of those quiet geniuses you know what yeah. I mean so like 
Um, but that all came later. But the reason those two albums were so different is basically we just got given a completely different proposition. So, so this was this is a studio album. This is your yeah, first, this is first like studio essentially album. a first studio album. Yeah, I think we, we were essentially going to try and mix a lot of it up with maybe home recordings and stuff like that. But then when these kind of long form ideas start coming together, you know, it's like could we just kind of put six albums, six tracks on an album and just you know leave it there? Yeah, and you know again, my brother, you know, has to sort of. I guess the confidence or the foresight to sort of say, yeah, you know, it works as it is, you know, so yeah. let's just kind of do it, you know. And it, and it got a really good response, that record, like much better response than we ever, ever yeah. dreamed. I guess it's like, I mean, listen to it now, personally, I, you know, you know, I, I only hear the mistakes, of which there are many, but like... But that's, that's the that's nature. The charm. Yeah, yeah. That's the charm, yeah. I freaking love, this was the first one that, I mean, I love Silent 88, and I didn't know them at the time. I, right. I, I got into this stuff you know, in, I don't know, 2000 or 90, 98, 99, yeah. whatever that was. Mm. When I heard this one, which I guess is around, this came out in 98, right? Maybe 97. Well, the thing is that we recorded it and it sat on the shelf for two years. Okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know, when was it? I can't see. Oh, 98, yeah, 98 okay, came well, out. I, I heard it a couple years late. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this this was the first one that I really connected to, yeah. I would say. Yeah. You, you, he gave you a week of studio time to do this yeah. for, for Planet Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is actually quite well documented and, and documented very well in the box set that Domino recently put out. And the reason they put the box set out, one of the reasons, is because the remaining stock, of which this is one of the albums, actually, you know, there was a big warehouse fire in London when there's the riots. Shit, and okay. And that catalogue actually went up in smoke. So <sighs> for those people... Who got them? You need to hold on to them because they won't be reissued now. The, okay. The final reissue of that was the the, the box set, which has um, it has all the, it has all the Domino material. Okay. It's all on that box set. Because Lawrence again is like you know one of the things that's really good about Domino is that they are like massive like music fans primarily, and yeah. they they want to keep kind of records in stock, you know. And even if like some I guess some of the artists on Domino probably sell like two albums like a year right. back catalogue, but it's like. The idea of keeping those records in stock is such a good, positive thing, I yeah. think, because people get to revisit the actual physical version of the records and stuff like that, and yeah. I think, you know, I think it's very easy to sort of put the whole lot on iTunes and basically let Apple have all the money for them, but Lawrence, from what I've, I've not had a personal discussion with him about this, but it's quite precious about trying to keep records in print, and obviously the Piaz fire was a, was a kind of disaster for a lot of small indie labels, so... Um, so that was the, what happened with the, the reissue, and, and all the stories about the, the, the tracks actually are quite um, well well documented. By there's a booklet in there. I'll have to get that. Yeah. That, that box set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- yeah. I don't know whether that's still in print. Actually, a, after all of that. Oh, even the box set. Well, it might be out of print, but then okay. you know, going with what Domino said, yeah. they should make them again. Yeah. But, um, I mean, basically, like Richard decided that he wanted us to do a full album and a single. And do a do a, a gig in London on either side of of this. So like we were a very immature band with really no <laughs> no uh, touring experience or anything like that. So we played a show and then went to Bristol and then basically hit the ground running recording an album. But I don't know. Maybe maybe in a way that kind of pressure is uh, you know is something that's kind of good in a way. Um, but then actually Domino are also really good with the whole to only deliver a record when it's ready type yeah. philosophy as well and like they don't rush you no they don't they don't rush at all and like I mean if anything if I had any regrets in the sort of the history of like how Hood released records and so forth was like we actually when as soon as we finished the record for it to be fresh to us we wanted it out straight away yeah. and Domino especially with Cold House they were like 
let's just sit on this for a while and let's, let's yeah. let this build and let's do it slowly and because we think you've got a really good record let here. it build in one way like put out a single here put yeah, out a single there. and yeah. get people to hear it in advance of it and maybe yeah. do some shows just yeah. to, and get ready to tour right. and just let it kind of like you know get let some more people hear it before it comes out and all that sort of thing maybe get some remixes ready in advance all that sort of thing the record that was really our responsible for doing and we just got on the phone and was like no 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 we want it out now because we're so sick of making it we want it out now and they were they to be fair to them again they did <laughs> they kind of put it out straight away for us which is yeah. you know they're a very good like artist led label if you know yeah. what I mean it's, yeah. it's good it's amazing how did, how did Lawrence find you guys in the first place um, well through Planet really okay, because okay. Um, what happened is um, Richard King who ran Planet was a friend of Lawrence's and ultimately went to work for Domino. Okay. So um, what happened is basically, I guess in, in a sense, he took on a kind of A&R capacity. Planet, a lot of the artists actually shifted over to Domino. I wonder if what the chances of us being signed to a label like that would have been if that hadn't happened. Um, yeah. Um, because we were really surprised. Cause, like, Richard rang me up and he said, like, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, you know, I know it's been taking ages to put this record out. I'm not going to put it out. Planet aren't going to release it, you know. And I was, like, really gutted. And then he said, it's because Domino are going to release it. And of course, I was like completely like, like starstruck by that. I was like, right. I couldn't believe it. Who, 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 who was Domino putting out at the time? Well, Pavement. Um, yeah. Uh, God. Uh, Sebado. Um, those Prince were all Billy. license deals, though. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and what happened is really, you know, um, what I'm kind of proud of is that we kind of almost started to become the British kind of leg of the kind of Domino. That's what I was thinking. Thing. You guys yeah. were probably the first, if not one of the first, yeah. um, domestic bands Ooh. for, for Domino. So that was like a really proud sort of thing for us because we really felt like Movie Tone, Flying Saucer Attack, Third Eye Foundation, they were all like real kind of kindred musical spirits. Mm-hmm. And for essentially the whole lot of us to then kind of transfer onto the Domino mm-hmm. roster was just like kind of a dream come true, really. You know, we kind of like, Domino in, in essence kind of almost like absorbed kind of planet into it, really. Yeah. Um, but they were, they were kind of furring the same field if you know what I mean so it was kind of pretty appropriate to be honest with you so um, so yeah so then we were sort of you know in the heady heady world of of London record labels and, yeah uh, you know and uh, being considered and considering ourselves like as a band but you know it's like I mean I've never fully kind of understood the whole thing like as in I'm only now coming to terms with how the music industry actually works I'm still a, a, a complete Luddite you know do, do you feel like in retrospect like you would have done marketed in different ways or done different things to try to do to, to be more successful or in the industry or do you feel like you're satisfied with where things went I don't know I, ne- I never really could gauge where you were at with I, that. I, I think I think you could uh, you could probably tell when we did the first American tour and I remember people saying to us like it's been a pretty good turnout tonight but next time you guys come through there'll be so much more people and we were just looking at each other going like no, this is it. This is our holiday. We're coming to do this American tour and meet some people. We're what? We're going to come back? I, mean, I, right. I, 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 I never even thought that far ahead. I was right, like, right. Oh, right. Okay, we're going to come back, are we? I thought this was like the peak. You know, we sort right. of made it. We've made it to America, <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and we were like really happy with everything. You know, it's like it always felt like we were kind of like riding a donkey that was kind of out of control through a sort of through a fair or something it's just like we're just like clinging on for dear life you know what I mean right, right. <laughs> it's just as you can probably tell by when you sort of met us but like I think every, everything completely came as a surprise and we used to tour with bands who were like super ambitious yeah who were just looking horror 
a really kind of lackadaisical attitude to right. things. Like we just go and we'd have not rehearsed, and our, our excuse was just like we just didn't have time. Right. Yeah, you know, we just didn't have time. Right. Time so you, you didn't you didn't have that. See, I, I have that drive and ambition. Yeah, you yeah. see me still doing it. And yeah, I see yeah, you, yeah. I see you every one to two years. Yeah, yeah. As I travel through your town, and you know that I'm traveling through every town just as much as I travel through this town. Still grinding it out, trying yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to garner more, more yeah, yeah, fans yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never really did that. No, no. And you never really had the, the desire to. Well, I think I think I think age was an important factor. Like we almost felt like we were kind of burning out around Cold House. Yeah. Because I'd been doing nothing but really release records since like that age of like fourteen, fifteen. So. And it had been that's a good ten years. Yeah, 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 and you, yeah. You were probably twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're celebrating like a ten year anniversary of being in a band. And yeah. It's like it's ridiculous. Like, and also you kind of locked into that little bubble a bit. And one of our kind of strategies to get away from that was maybe we always kind of had jobs kind of locked down when we came home. And what I'm finding kind of in my 30s a little bit now is the fact that, like, it's like we were kind of dipping our toes into both camps and we never quite made that jump. And we used to watch bands making that jump and just right. be like, have we got the balls to do it? Have we got the balls to do it? And I remember, like, um, playing a gig with Mogwai and we were kind of, like, level pegging with Mogwai. We yeah. kind of, like, almost joined headline shows in the early days. And I remember Mogwai just saying, like, we've done it. We've all quit our jobs we are turning like no gigs down from now on. We are grinding. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and we were going, kind of going home. And we were like, would, could we do that? Would, would we be prepared to do that? And we were kind of all possibly a little bit too scared to do it. Like, frankly, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, and then we watched, we were sort of like, oh, well, you know. You watched the, the <laughs> rise of the fame and fortune. Yeah. <laughs> They'll never make a success of it. Right. Who's going to listen to music as difficult and as loud and yeah. noisy as that? And of course, like, you know, fair play to them completely because they were willing to take that chance yeah. and just, you know, slog. Like you guys do as well, like just yeah. slog. Like Hasn't worked out as good for us, but it's... It was, <laughs> decently. <laughs> yeah. Decently for us. Not no. quite... Well, I, I think I think Mogwai. I mean, you know, you're as far as to, to people I know, you're a household name, you guys. But Mogwai in your house, in my house, <laughs> in my house, and oh yeah, I live there. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but, um, but you know, I mean, Mogwai. You know, I mean, I used to be kind of amazed, like we'd kind of join them again on tour, you know, and it'd just be like, I mean, we sort of end up playing with them in this kind of castle in. Uh, yeah. I can't remember where it was now. In it was, that was Stuart's house, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true. We were in this castle in Malaga, and it was like, I remember kind of driving up to it in the van, like, we were just like first on. And like, I mean, I was like so proud just to be there, you know? And yeah. then, of course, like, we played to a small but enthusiastic kind of line of people. Yeah. You know, and by the time the sun went well, down. Fuck it, you're at a castle in Malaga. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah, and by the time the sun went down, and then I've got like a photo somewhere, and it's just like looking at a sea of people, and it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, wow! You know, well done. I, you know, I totally respect them for those. Do you regret not 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 doing that? Well, I remember, I remember Lauren. No, um, well, I don't know because I don't know what the flip side of it would have been. And then was there yeah. pressure from from Domino? To do well, that? I remember Lawrence. I mean, like, again, you know, Lawrence. Like, you know, I think he's sort of. I guess I maybe he quite likes the kind of underdog, or or maybe he's in it for the long haul. But I remember him ringing me. Yeah. And I was just like filing in an office, you know, sort of like mm-hmm. doing my admin job, and he was just like you know, about Cold House. And it's just like, we really think, we really think this album's just going to go. You know, we've yeah. got a really good instinct about this album. You know, what's your thought on it? And I was like, I can't get time off work. I'm in the G's right now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I can't get time off work. And like, maybe in hindsight, I should have 
not thought too much about things like how am I going to pay my rent and how am I going to, you know, eat. And maybe mm-hmm. I should have just let myself just to be at the mercy of the record label. Maybe just said, look, you got to get me touring. You know, you got to get me touring or whatever. You got to yeah. get me living. You know, and maybe they would have done it. That's well, the yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but then again, also Domino was a was a different. I mean, now if if Domino, you know, said we want you to tour for a year, you know, right. you would know that the, the they have their millions. There. Yeah, the yes. network is there. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe the other thing is, you know, again, sort of sounding horribly sort of um, twee and sort of naive and and all of that. It's like every time I got the instinctive feeling that I wasn't enjoying music because of some sort of duty, it just makes me sick. I, yeah. I can't explain the sickness it makes me feel. It's like I read this about a lot of people, a lot of people who go into doing something they're passionate about and when it becomes something that actually... And, and, and if I'm absolutely honest with you, for a long time I kind of associated actually making music with a very kind of dark kind of place and I mean I've seen you however many times in the past few years and you're so hey how's it going with the music I'm like I'm mixing something I'm doing something it's kind of I'm chipping away and I found it actually really hard to to discover why I'm doing it and I actually had to get completely out of the mindset that I was actually making music for anyone else to actually listen to and that's that's the way I've always yeah. been with music and and it sounds horribly self-centered because you're it's almost like the the lot of a of an improv jazz player where the pleasure seems to only be for the person making the music. Right. Like, again, that's another Tony Wilson uh, kind of uh, factory records kind of thing when he talks about jazz being only pleasurable for the person making it, you know what I mean? And it's like certain jazz anyway. And, like, and I was thinking, like, you know, when I used to make music, it was just like pushing my own ability to its kind of nth degree. So that's why the four-track analogy is really good. It's like, can we make something that sounds near as damn it like our kind of little miniaturized version of the studio recording just with a four track, you know what I mean? And rather than maybe using it for its purpose, which is kind of guitar and vocal, you know what right, I mean? And right. like, see, that's what kind of threw me a real curveball when it came to computers, because it's like, well... I've now got, you're at home um, and you can do yeah, as much as you I've, want. I've not got an end point at all. I've not mm-hmm, got an end point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I really do feel that. And, and what I've done, again, this is sort of talking to my brother, because my brother's he's got much more confidence of just like, just do whatever you want, just do whatever you want, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, but whatever I want is going to be like an eight minute 4-4 bass drum that just seems to go absolutely nowhere and as you'll find on the tracks that I've given you, one of the songs is like that, you know, and then like, you know, and I was like, yeah, but then I really like kind of punk rock stuff, so why not have a little short kind of punk rock song or whatever and that's what, uh, Silent AA is like a microcosm of my little musical world and I think, I think that's where, like, because John Peel you know the whole John Peel show thing, and his brother actually, was he? Did brother, he? Sorry, did he like Seven Eighty Eight? He played a lot of our our stuff. Um, but, but after that, or before that, uh, all the way through. Actually. Okay, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he cable he, linear and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely he supported. Like, I mean, he played Sirens, uh, the first single when li- I was living with mum and dad, like fourteen, fifteen, maybe sixteen by the time that came out, and I was at school, you know, and. And I was listening to the radio, and then Sirens came on, like, on John Peel. And I was just, like, freaking out, like, freaking out. So I went run downstairs telling my mum and dad about, you know, like, getting so excited. And, like, I kind of went into school the next day, like... <laughs> I like, made it. Yeah, I just thought the whole, the whole yeah. school was going to stop. Yeah. And then, like, you know, of course, I hadn't told anyone I was in a band. So that always, always that never really helped. So, but I had that kind of, like, feeling inside of, like, you know, fuck, this is, like, really exciting, you know. And I think um, Tom Ravenscroft, his, his son... 
Okay. He's really flying the flag. When I hear his show, I'm just like, man, what? There's nothing wrong with having the craziest electronic, gloopy, bubbly, weird thing you've ever heard next to a Japanese noise track, you know, next to a really beautiful singer-songwriter kind of track, and it's just like... So he's doing it. He's, he's doing it, yeah, yeah. His show is just Good. brilliant. You should, you should check his show out. It's is he on, getting respect? Yeah, that? absolutely. Cool. Yeah, yeah, Good. yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, it kind of reminds me that people are, like, open-minded about music. And, um, again, it's funny because I was talking to um, the guy that runs uh, Boomcat. I don't know if you know Boomcat. It's like a uh-huh. record distributor over here. And okay. um, they're great, you know. And he said, I was asking him about... Do people just just buy electronic, or just buy drum and bass, or just buy you know guitar stuff? And he was like, you know, he said it's amazing when you see people's like baskets because it's an online thing, and it's just like the variety of yeah. the open-mindedness of people that's like, good. buying records, you know. And it's like, and that's that's again, that's what's led me back to kind of making music of it again. Yeah, sort of thinking like actually, you know. Just do whatever. Do the fuck whatever. You want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do whatever. Do Wherever whatever. you're drawn towards. In yeah, the yeah, moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to remember that too. You know, that's, it's, it's an easy thing to forget. Though. It is. It is. Yeah. This is what we're supposed to make. This yeah, is yeah. what People like listening to from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's easy to to to, to sink into. Mm. And I think it is important. You know, people are looking to the the, the artists they like to show them something new and honest yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 you know from the heart. And I think even if it challenges people at first, I think it's yeah, 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 important. But you, you guys, you guys do that with your stuff. You know, you're always somewhat. I struggle with it though. You know? I, but I, I think you do. I think I think you you challenge. I think you challenge your audience. I think you sort of you'll do stuff that is you know not necessarily like expectations or not necessarily this or that. And it's like I think that does keep it fresh. I mean, there's obviously that massive fear, you know, of like, what if everyone's not going to like it, but then yeah. if they can like the next one or the one after that, you right, know, it's right. like, I, I remember, well, I remember what, in fact, one, one time, like, you know, you know, when you sort of like have, maybe you're lying in bed and you think, what's the worst that can happen? Right. <laughs> if I put a record out, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I can go pretty um, far with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, we played the Domino 10 year anniversary. And the thing is that, this makes it legitimate because I'm talking about it, but this is kind of how I feel about music, you know, and it's like this guy, like really drunk, we, we played probably in retrospect quite a poor show, but we were actually pretty much making some stuff up. We got this new sampler and stuff like that, and we were, we were probably fucking around, you know, and I remember thinking a bit, maybe this isn't the performance we should be giving for the Domino 10-year anniversary right. party, you know what I mean? This but is this is what when, what, when Cold House is about to come out? It was just after Cold House, okay. so we were actually looking at a, I think we were looking at kind of moving on from it. Like, really, what we should have done is just played, played the hits. You know, yeah. we should have just played the hits. We were only on supporting clinic or something like that. Right, right. And uh, and instead, being our stupid selves, you know, we were just like, we had all these new tracks we were excited about trying out and hadn't thought about how terrible we were going to play them. And actually, you know, some people came up to me and like, wow, that wasn't what I expected. You know, that was different. I really like what you're doing. No, whatever. Really great. Always nice to hear. And then I sort of saw this kind of drunk guy kind of coming towards me and it was just like, He's like, can I buy you a drink? And I was like, no thanks. And he was like, before he even, he, was, he thought I was going to say yes. He goes, because you're going to need one after that performance. You know, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, I said, no, thanks. But, you know, yeah. and then basically yeah. in, in front of a few people who were really kind, like laid into me, you know, laid into me really badly, you know, and uh, 
And, and that was Tony Wilson. No, well, no, no. And, uh, and basically, like, so I was just like, okay, he's the most drunk guy in the room. And then I was like, look, you don't know me, you don't know my band, you know, go fuck yourself or whatever. And of course, he then turns out to be an uber fan and it's just like he knew everything about every album oh, prior to man. you know so like he basically and it was like it's like we personally hurt him you know? yeah we personally hurt this guy by the show or by, by you the saying show go fuck yourself by, but he, by the show and the way we'd kind of changed from yeah. Sunday games and Sunday he, he'd listen to every day on the bus in the rain and made right. all this thing to right. and I was like you know and I sort of said to him but us changing isn't going to take away that experience from right. it. It's still there. Right. It's still there. Right. Like, you have that. Right. That's your little bubble of enjoyment. You can just trail off. I've got loads of bands that I still love certain periods. Right, of you have their certain periods. Yeah, yeah. Band. I prefer, yeah. like, mid, a certain mid-period of Sonic Youth. Right. I love their early stuff and their older stuff and right. their new, more recent stuff, but there's a certain period. But I'm not going to say to them, like, just make Sister... Over and right. over and over and over again. That's an me. excellent point, man. Make I, it for me. I get the same fucking thing, you know. It's like but five, five years ago, ten years ago, maybe it was like, you know, are you going to do more Cloud Dead? Right. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> now I get like, you know, is it, does that sound like alopecia? Does that, you know, yeah, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That album's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I will continue to do things yeah, as yeah. I see fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can follow me along or yeah, not. You yeah, know, we're not, a, we're not, we're not making albums by committee. You right, know what I mean? You're right. not making an album by committee. You're not making an album by focus group. That's so good. Just to, like, that's important to remember. Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah, important yeah. to remember. I think. Yeah. When creating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's it's weird because for me, I mean, maybe it's maybe I don't have maybe I sympathise because I know what the music making process is like, but. If I've got a, an artist who I just adore and they make an album I'm not feeling, I don't feel like personally affronted by right. it. I either respect them for doing something different or just think maybe the next one's going to be cool. It's yeah. like when Guided by Voices went more kind of studio oriented, yeah. it didn't mean that I then had to throw away all right. their early records. I don't listen to their stuff, to be honest, right. but I still listen to their old exactly. shit. Exactly, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And I don't disrespect them because no. it's like what. He's gonna, still an excellent songwriter. Exactly, you know? but what are Guided by Voices going to do? Like, pretend. Guided by Voices were always trying to do the best that they could. Right. You know, so that, that goes back to that fidelity thing. Same with me and same yeah, exactly, with you, I think. Exactly. You know? And yeah. it's like, it's, it doesn't feel kind of honest. I mean, actually, maybe putting yourself through the process of, you know, writing something on 4Track or if it sounds like how you want it on 4Track. Right. But to purposely make a kind of retrospective yeah. step yeah. to kind of maybe capture something. Because it's like people trying to capture their youth or something, you know what I mean? It's like, right. you've got to kind of keep going with it. It's like, you want bands to get better and more ambitious, generally, you know. That's my take on it, you know. It's like lead singers getting Botox and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, like, that's the thing, it's like, you know, you're supposed to be a certain way to be in a band, you gotta yeah, be yeah, youthful, yeah. you gotta yeah, yeah, be... Yeah. But, but that's bullshit, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. anybody can make music and feel yeah, it, yeah, yeah. like, you have to... I think you know any stage in life and any emotion can be reflected yeah, yeah, yeah. within the the, the 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 colors of music. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think, but 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 I I think that's you know that's that's both the music industry and that's that's a societal thing where yeah. you know there's a self kind of regulation in society that sort yeah. of says that like maybe we'll give you your twenties, but after right, that, you right, know, right, your, your your ass is mine. You know? Yeah, and yeah. It's like, I sometimes have the odd thought in the back of my mind when I see a band I'm like are they still going my yeah. god you know yeah. and then you think well you know how dare I suggest that they stop for any reason right. that's not for reasons that they 
they determine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, now I'm kind of in like the third, my third, late thirties. It's like, I actually realise how much harder an effort that is. And it's like, it's almost like the last, the last people standing in a way. And it's like, we wouldn't have had a good half of Sonic Youth career, you know, never mind all the solo stuff. And, but funnily enough, like maybe until recently, I thought that in America, you could almost have that kind of like longer career because we've got bands to look up to, like bands like Yola Tango. But in Britain, I'm struggling to really think of bands like, oh, like Low, a band like Low, you know, it's like, you know, they're getting kind of daytime radio play on, on BBC Six. Over really? Here. They're, doing, they're doing better than they have? They're doing, well, they're doing very well on BBC Six. I don't yeah. know what, what, what else they're doing well on, but it's like, you know, so what, were they... Were they meant to stop at 25, you know, right, and, just, right. and then just be left hanging off the cliff of, like, well, what do we do now? You know, it's, they're really good at what they do, you know. Usually bands start with the shit that does well, right? Yeah, like yeah, second yeah. record, yeah, yeah, third yeah. record, mm. maybe. Mm. And then they'll trail off. Most bands just trail off yeah. and quit yeah, at yeah. some point. Yeah, yeah. Some bands keep doing it, kind of stay low, and then get lucky after yeah. they're, like... 10th record yeah, or something yeah, yeah, and pop, yeah. pop yeah, back just up. Yeah, pop up, yeah, yeah, and you sort of can't believe it's happened. Like, it yeah. happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does happen, but, you know. I'm hoping for that. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> there's no reason why it shouldn't. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, it, it does, I mean, you, you guys are building up a, you've got the longevity thing going on, you've got a long career, and you've got a long, you've got a big back catalogue and stuff like that, and a, and a, and a following, you know, in the UK. And I can fuck all own. night. I just can't bust a nut. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's the... Uh, no, but... That's the phrase. Yes, you're right. We can play in any city and have a yeah. little bit of an audience. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We do okay. We yeah. do just fine. And I'm happy with, with my career yeah, decisions yeah. and all that. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there, there are the issues, of, of course, of security in the future. And yeah. You know, like healthcare. And we, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, all that shit. Yeah. But, but uh, by and large... Things are cool. Yeah. Yeah. So they should be. What else? Like you, so could, you could go into a career. This is Is this hood stuff or bracken this stuff? This is bracken stuff. This is bracken stuff. Yeah, okay. Bracken okay. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. just means what? Richard's not really involved. That's just me doing stuff on my own. Yeah. Um many moons ago, obviously I I gave Anticon a record. It was Yeah. It was my side project and it's become yeah. my kind of only project really at the minute. My yeah. brother does is, declining is, winter. Yeah, declining is, winter, and he does a thing called memory drawings as well, which is him and a kind of uh, a guy called Joel who plays dulcimer. It's kind of like modern classical kind of stuff. Oh, cool. That's his thing. Because um, with the first Bracken album, because I only recorded it um, just in between doing Hood stuff, and this was like maybe some of the slightly more electronic stuff that's just my thing. Mm-hmm. When I kind of collated it together, and I was like, Do you know what? There's 45 minutes of music there, and I just gave it to Bailey. Like, yeah. not because I recorded it for him, you know, and he was like, right, great, you know, so obviously I did sign a piece of paper of some description that says I, did, I meant to do another album. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe that was one of my creative dead ends a little bit where, you know, thinking like, who am I pitching this to, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't really get on with that, especially when my kind of music taste is so erratic, you know, it's just like, I just couldn't, I think, should I just do a singer-songwriter album? Should I just get in, Should I just pull out the old acoustic guitar and, uh, you know... Yeah, I think about doing that sometimes, <laughs> getting super, super raw with, with something. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know, and then, and then I start, I'll, I'll just add one thing, and the next thing you know, you have a, an arranged track. Yeah, 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 because you can't resist. Right. Because you're pushing yourself as far as you can yeah, go. Exactly. So, you know, unless you do, you know, Nebraska, sort of, you know, everyone else around you tells you you can't add any more to it it's perfect mm-hmm. and it's just even but obviously that's a particularly unusually amazing record but like 
I think, you know, it's funny because I remember being on tour with Hood and, like, we were in Spain and somebody, I can't remember who it was, who had been in a particularly harsh band and we were quite excited about seeing them and I won't name names because I actually genuinely can't remember who it was and then they did, like, an acoustic set, guitar and vocal type thing and it was just, like, it's almost like I almost felt a bit disappointed that it was, like, maybe following that career trajectory that seems kind of the obvious thing to do. Right. I remember Gaz saying to me, like, why? Why, when you get a certain, you know, number in front of your age, do you have to go and do the kind of, the acoustic thing or whatever, you know? You say Gaz said that? Or yeah, that? Okay, Gaz okay, said that, not that yeah. guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you know, I sort of thought, actually, yeah, you know, why not do something kind of, kind of brutal or whatever, you know? Yeah. Just go with what you want to do. Really. Well, that's obvious, though. I mean, think about it. People mellow as they get older. Yeah, Your yeah, 20s, yeah. you know, your teens and 20s, you have anger, you have angst. Yeah. Your, your 30s, you start to mellow out. You yeah. start to sort of figure yourself out a little yeah. more. And, you know, then you start to kind of decline into, yeah, yeah, into yeah. dementia. Yeah. And uh, everything starts to slow. Yeah. You know, so that, that makes sense to me. You know, that said, I don't know. what I, I don't know what my future holds. No. I, I try not to think about it. You no, know, I, no. Maybe I will do this. I like doing this. Yeah, just this is a shame this wasn't sort of televised. It's quite, you know, the seat is perfect. <laughs> well, people don't need to fucking look at us. I think... <laughs> no offense to yourself, no, but I don't no. think what's going on here is... is the most visually no. stunning well, thing. Well, just put some projections behind us. That's actually. true. Oh, there you go. That was the, <laughs> oh, the, the go-to projections. <laughs> um, well, you should. You, you guys should diversify into into comedy. There's no doubt about that. With your uh, with your episodes on uh, on YouTube. You know, we should do more of that stuff. Oh, I, I love mean, doing that. You know, I, I don't want to compliment one side of your creativity by Look, detracting from another one. But like, I must admit, I do like my ass off. I, lo- I love that shit. It's just that that stuff doesn't pay at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This doesn't pay at all. No, you know, we make a little yeah. bit of money in the music, yeah. and that's kind of like what I'm doing. And I, I like doing other other stuff too. You know, I like. I like all the arts. You could do like a live action play of those. Uh, there you go. You know, there you go. There you you go. could people, go into theatre. People think they're coming to a watch yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's actually a sort of theatrical performance where do, you're all playing. them with the fucking Broadway. Playing sort of massively sort of inflated different versions of yourself. Of exactly. Perfect. I'm always playing a massively inflated different version of myself. <laughs> That's what my life is. <laughs> Well, shit, man. Anything else? What, what? I don't know. I should, should, should flip the questions around to you. When are Cloud Dead getting back together? <laughs> That's a good question. When is Hood getting back together? <laughs> good question. Touche. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know we're meeting up with Adam in, uh, tomorrow. I thought, you know what? He's uh, opening up in London, man. Secretly. I, secretly. Come down! I can't, actually. Shit, I can't. I'm at work. That would be fun, though. That would be fun, wouldn't it? I didn't think... I've had known... I should, well, I should have known that, because he's over for ATP, isn't he? So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he'll, he'll be... I mean, if you want to come to that, we got guest spots for that, too. Oh, God. That's a good ATP, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. Have you looked yeah, at it? Yeah, I have, yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> it's good. Dan uh, Soul, MF Doom. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. LP. Yeah, that is good. I can't do Dan Soul playing, actually. Have you heard that new track? The one... No, is it there's good? Some, I don't know if it's a bootleg or something where it's like kind of samples like a Wu-Tang track either someone's done it I, I couldn't quite tell whether it was kind of like some sort of mashup on, online but it's got a picture of them looking what you imagine they look like now and right. it's good it's a really Fat, yeah, yeah 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 we're cool as fuck yeah cool, yeah, cool. yeah yeah but yeah no that'd be good and MF Doom I, have you ever seen him live? no no, no I hope he shows up I hope he shows up too the mask. 
He's another guy. You see, he's, you know, what was he in KMFDM originally? Yeah. And he's just sort of... K- KMD. K- oh, was it KMD? Who was KMFDM? Was, sorry, yeah, that's, that's wrong. That's, that's uh, like a dance... Group. It's like an industrial noise yeah, yeah, dance. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That would be a real career change. <laughs> <laughs> no, KMD white, was like... White German there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> KMD was, you know, it was like almost native tonguesy kind of yeah. kind of New York underground-ish. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about anyone in terms of careers, but he's 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 a case in point, isn't he? Yeah, age-wise and stuff. And he's absolutely, still, he you know he he took ten years off. Yeah, yeah, and he, right. he genuinely does show people up with his uh, lyrical dexterity. He's un- undeniable. That's the yeah. thing. It's like you you know as as sort of mysterious as he st- you know I looked on his Twitter today. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. Check out Doom's Twitter because I was thinking of trying to do one of these. I'll tweet at him and, and ask him if yeah, he's yeah, yeah, just yeah. on the off chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, he has Twitter. Right. And okay. he has one tweet and it says, Doom is not on Twitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he stays in, in like, we we're talking to go full circle about yeah, the beginning, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, he stays away from yeah, the yeah, internet. Yeah. He stays away from yeah, all yeah, that yeah. shit, all yeah. the hype, and uh, keeps his mystery about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you should, you should check out, you should check out Soviet France because, like, Try, try, try and resist going on YouTube and looking at anything that might actually have them on there because I think some footage has turned up. That was like saying, "Don't think about bananas." Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, and like, but actually, if you click on some of the sleeves, and you'll see they've got kind of almost kind of like kind of weird looking art, and then it's just basically to my kind of younger ear, it could have been made that in any country at kind of any time within kind of recorded music you know it's really kind of really mysterious especially yeah. the early stuff it's just like are they drums are they what are they you know and you know little tiny little flutes they probably got from you know traveling somewhere you know right, what I mean or whatever right. but it's like but then you know they start kind of processing it all kind of through kind of digital stuff as they kind of progress a little bit you know, like okay I mean Orteca they you know Orteca say is one of their sort of biggest influences okay, okay. Um, you know, and uh, again, you know, Ortec, you know, um, that's another person who stayed mysterious, person. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And you know, especially, you know, the whole concept of isn't isn't kind of bleeding edge electronic music for the young, you know what I mean? But actually, as they get older, they're just kind of getting more dexterous with their kind of ways of making crazy yeah. music. And I haven't that. heard their recent stuff, no, it's I actually cool. haven't. I haven't heard it's good though, so cool. All right, well... Yeah, well, there you go. I think we got some good yeah, stuff Yeah, I there. think so. Oh, yeah, they're, all, they're only 10 minutes. That's oh, the format. They? <laughs> no, no, they're, they're like an hour. So what do you actually do with them? Just post them up on SoundCloud or something? Uh, yes, post yeah. them on SoundCloud. Okay. We're going to sign off. This has been Chris Adams, Bracken, or the man of Bracken. Man of hood as well. Hood. Thanks for letting me on the show. Etc. It's been great. You're welcome. Goodbye. strange to me that someone who makes music that dark can be that funny, but I love it. I love it. I like to think that I'm that way. Maybe not. Maybe my music is funny and I'm dark, actually. I'll tell you, there is a guy that I wish I lived in the same city with. There's a number of people that way uh, in my life that I feel like if we lived in the same city, we'd be super tight, you know? If I could design a city, if I could start a city, um, and then invite all the people that I really like to live there, and we'd all live in a neighborhood, and we'd have... Is that a Koreshian thought? 
Look, I just woke up this morning feeling great for some reason. I've, it's been a fucking really hard week. When I say hard, I mean uh, battling the demons of my own psyche. I've been eating too much, as always, of course, and watching Sopranos, basically. I started re-watching Sopranos when JG passed. R.I.P. Anyway, I'm talking more like this is an intro. This is an outro. The intro was from the date of the interview. That's why I'm confused in my mind about what I'm ta- talking about here. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Chris Adams. I, I-, I love that talk. I think that going through that talk last night actually was what has shifted my mood. I was at a standstill. I was at a block with my creative life and feeling. And now I woke up just now from a dream in which I'm marching down the street with a bunch of people and I, for some reason, have a French horn and I I start playing this little riff on the French horn, like something that I imagine I could probably do and then start singing this thing. And I wake up with this in my head and I'm like, oh, just when I think I'm all dried up, and want to throw in the towel, I wake up with a song idea. And it's weird and out of the box. That's what I'm talking about. You know, that's the life of a creative. You know, that is no doubt from listening to that conversation and and Chris talking about how he had to get all that external shit out of his head and just create and take it to his limits. Love that. So true. By the way, everything you've been hearing interstitially uh, throughout, if that's the right word, throughout this podcast uh, has been Hood or Bracken, Chris Adams Projects. Don't trip, get hit. I'm going up to a friend's parents' house out in the suburbs today. We're going to go swimming. We're going to grill out. I'm coming back down. We're going to Yo La Tango. We're going to the National. It's, a, it's fucking on. Fuck all of you in a great way. And I'll see you on the other side next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Wandering Wolf.